Hi, and welcome to episode 428 of the MWA podcast. I'm Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sean and Brian. Today, we're visiting with Andy Jack, professional chairmaker, instructor, spoon carver, and beekeeper. So welcome to the show, Andy. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Oh, fantastic. And uh, I love your name, Andy Jack. Um, I don't have to worry about mispronouncing anything. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's simple. Right down the middle. Fantastic. And at some point, we're probably just going to turn this podcast over to you and Sean and talk about beekeeping. Heck yeah. <laughs> I'm, all, I, I'm not a massive beekeeper. Do you have more than two hives? No, I just have the two right now. So. Okay. So I had just, three at one time. It's been one. It's been two. It's been three. It's back to two. And then last year yeah, was a bad year. I just started in the spring. So ask me again in you know, okay. March or April. <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's a... Uh, well, you're you're probably in a little colder environment than I am, and I, um, you know, I did a lot to winterize them, and we mm -hmm. we only once had a queen survive, and then she died within the month of first month of spring after <laughs> surviving a winter. I was like, come on, like, <laughs> we just couldn't catch a break. I think in two years we saw most everything between supersedence, uh, two swarms, uh, just killing a, a queen and not making another one. Like, uh, we've done everything from new brood boxes to requeening in september like we've done it all yeah super late yeah i i think i had a pretty smooth first year or i'm just totally ignorant <laughs> no no you're probably good because we we like we i mean every year you know we, we it's our third year but we've we've gotten 30 plus pounds of honey mm -hmm. out of just a few hives yeah and none of it's never been like a around the year success you know mm -hmm. <laughs> like it could be so much better you know, yeah. we got late summer the one time, we got spring the next year, but it's a mixed bag. Anyway, let's go on with the show. <laughs> well, I told you I was going to turn it over to y'all to talk about <laughs> yeah, beekeeping, right. but you might as well just start it off that way. talking, that's for sure. That's right. What do you got, Italian, Russian, Corneolan? What do you <laughs> yeah, I think uh, at least, one, the you know, I started one one hive for the package, and those are Italian, and the others, I'm not really sure. They came from a friend. Oh, so, awesome. It's good to have friends. Yeah, it is good to have friends. Heck yeah. Well, before we get back to bees, um, let's <laughs> dip our toes in the woodworking news. So um, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Matt Morris of MM Wood Studios. He's a great friend of the show. And um, he is uh, opening up some in-person uh, classes. He's always had like a little online class. And he does more mid-century modern type stuff, a lot of uh, Nakashima and those kind of things. But uh, he's actually starting up some uh, studio classes and he's going to have anything from how to make a wooden body hand plane to some Nakashima inspired chair to a modern nightstand, modern coffee table, etc. So um, congratulations. I know this has been something that he's wanted to do for some time and uh, the pricing is right aligned with what you would think. And he's located in beautiful Hilton Head, South Carolina. So mm, could be a gorgeous place. Yep. Could be a, a good destination for you. So that's anyway. one I legitimately could convince my wife to go along with me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. She she can, uh, you know, do all the Hilton head stuff while you're in class all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Matt does a nice uh, video production quality. So I'd assume his classes are going to be, you know, equal or, or yep. better. So, yep. yep. Uh, does his class size, is that mentioned? I think it's relatively small. Um, yeah, I, I think see, up like, to like three to wood, six people. Yeah, yeah, wood body hand planes, uh, yeah. six six yeah. maximum. So that's good. It uh, looks like uh, there's time to get in there and, and book them. So yep. check, check them out. Yep, exactly. It looks like he's already got a, got uh, some for the Nakashima-inspired chair, and he just posted this, I think, last week. So that's really that's good. good. But, yeah, check him out at uh, mmwoodstudio.com. Again, that's mmwoodstudio.com. And um, next up, uh, former guest uh, Daniel Clay has some uh, hand-sharpened chip carving knives. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce the brand. It's K-L-O-T-Z-L-I. And the yep. O has the umlauts over You have it, to so. partially swallow your tongue. I believe it's klotzli. Klotzli, <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But anyway, um, I actually ordered some of these these knives, and I had to actually get them from um, overseas from, I think, from a uh, supplier in Germany or something like that. I think it was the the Spoon Crank or something like that is the um, is a website I got them for. And they're relatively inexpensive, but by the time 
shipping and all that stuff. It's about $42, which he is, that's about what he's charging for these knives. And what's great about it is these are already sharpened and ready to go to mm -hmm. uh, his uh, preference. So he's worked with the folks there in their shop. I guess they're out, out of Switzerland and um, they've been, you know, sharpening the knives to um, his standard and chipping them over here there. And he's looked at a couple of prototypes. So he's going to start selling these. So uh, that's pretty cool. And yeah. if you don't know Daniel Clay, he's a big chip carver. So yep. go to go to his site and uh, you can see examples of his carving and get his patterns and buy the knife that you could do it with. Yep. It has and a nice ergonomic handle to it too. Looking at mm -hmm. the there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it fits well in the palm of your hand there, mm -hmm. which is important when you're doing chip carving. Yep, exactly. So uh, check that out over at DanielClayWoodworking.com or just search for Daniel Clay in all the uh, usual places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up, I wanted to highlight uh, a blog post by Lost Art Press, and um, they put out a things of woodworking charities. I know this is the giving season, and sometimes it's the end of tax season, and people want to get some charitable donations. Uh, so um, Chris and the gang over there at Lost Art Press put together a listing of some great woodworker charities. So if that's something that you would like to support, I'd recommend going over to Lost Art Plus blog and look for woodworking charities we love and contribute to. So there's a list of what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different charities there. So um, some of them are fantastic. Some of them are international. Some of them are more local to the U.S. So it's it's great. And, you know, some support a particular one, like the Friends of the Florida School of Woodwork. So that's uh, supporting uh, Kate and all the stuff that she's doing over there. So that is fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And I was going to mention that um, <laughs> our friend Aspen Golan, well, best wishes to her. She broke her leg and is going to be out of comm commission for, I think it's like five months or so. Mm. And uh, th they did start a GoFundMe to help support her during this. But before we could even record, they met their goal and uh, shut it down. So yeah, surpassed for, it even, I think I read. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think they wanted like 15000 I think they got up to over twenty. I think almost 25. Yeah, they blew yeah. away, yeah. yeah. In, in four days. Four days. So yep. that's a huge yep. outreach of support. I've, obviously, Aspen is a well-loved uh, entity. <laughs> yeah, and uh and yeah we wish her the best absolutely exactly so and uh i know she'll find some, something to occupy her time off, time with yeah, i think she made a post and it's like boy you got a lot of plans for being cooped up you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know she she's one that you cannot keep down no, i'll just no, say no. if you've got a she, sense of her energy you know this. yeah yeah having goes, one leg isn't gonna stop her yep <laughs> no no yeah. So anyway, so best wishes, Aspen, and uh, hope you get on your feet soon. Absolutely. So with that, do we have a Patreon shout out for this episode? We sure do. You know, we always like to give thanks to our Patreon supporters. And today we're giving a big shout out to Rex Hansen, uh, a, a former guest and friend of the show. Uh, Rex, thank you for your support on Patreon. And if you, dear listener, would like to support the MWA podcast, you can support us by going to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. Yeah, I'm probably going to be reaching out to Rex here in the next couple of weeks to get him back on the show because I think he's completed the next semester there at uh, North Bennett Street School. So it'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. Great to have him back on and hear about everything he learned at the last semester. So, you know, I living... feel like piece by piece. We're, we're, yeah, we're living vicariously, but we're yeah. also like, we're giving everyone the cheater's guide to North Bennett Street School. We've got instructors, we've got students, you know, like <laughs> you basically, you could, you could take the class at home, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Well, with that said, uh, so what's in the shop, Brian? What are you working on? I, I realized that I have a little lumber storage area in the kind of the back corner of my shop and I looked at it and it looked like it exploded. So I think everybody's got this problem, but there's just off cuts everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had like a come to Jesus moment with myself and says, you know, do you really need to keep this piece of, you know, two by two pine that's seven inches long? So I'm I'm having to, you know, thin them out. You know, it's fire burning season where we are here for fire pits. So it's, it's a good time to do that. But yeah, I mean, I have a, whole boxes of exotic cutoffs that I had skipped it to me years ago and I, you know, I just can't throw those out. So we've all got and, those boxes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm um, just looking at the yeah. boards and trying to, you know, 
bring the species back together. So it's more of a trying to get that animal under control on my side and still forever working on this uh, sewing stool for my wife. We, um, I'm trying to figure out how I want to connect the legs. There are four legs on the bottom of the stool or like, um, I almost said a tapered cylinder, but I guess a, a conical shape. And I'm trying to figure out how I want to attach them to the plywood base that's on the bottom of it because they tilt about eight or 10 degrees, you know, rake and splay. So mm-hmm. uh, the old stool had a metal bracket that was had the offset built into it and it had like a five sixteenth um, hanger bolt in it. So I'm like, do I want to do that same thing again? Or do I just, you know, figure out a different way? Um, you know, it's a pretty thick piece of plywood on the bottom. So I might uh, maybe put a dowel into it and use it as a mortise and tenon type thing. And so, uh, but other than that, we, uh, so is the seat adjustable at all or is it? No, fixed? no, it's almost going to look like, um, it's hard to describe without a picture. It's, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of like a Danish style piece of furniture, except it's got a big box that opens up. And there's uh, oh. like bobbins stored in there and mm-hmm. seam rippers and stuff like that. Uh, the old one's completely disintegrated because it's probably 70 or 80 years old. So uh, we're trying to do a little more modern take of it and make it uh, all out of cherry. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm doing. Uh, mm-hmm. Trying to get some stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to get the boring stuff out of the way so I can get to the fun stuff, which is... Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I think I did see a picture of you at the... Uh, last pittsburgh game so oh the Steelers game yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had a better time than the steelers did so that's, yeah yeah that's... <laughs> yeah that was fun yeah we have season seats the steelers and we came up randomly selected to go down the field and do the whole terrible towel on for all oh so, that's cool yeah, that's great cool great down there when the crowd gets going so yeah yeah, yeah. but now i'm back and working away i made a reel the other day i don't know if anybody saw it yeah i saw did. it yeah now your festival, festival yeah. increase. <laughs> yeah, the, I was waiting for festival to announce that because I had that in mind. I had that audio yeah. saved for almost a year, and then they mm. finally, finally gave me only a three week notice. And <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I I find it the oddest marketing gimmick ever. You know, buy it now before the price goes up every single year. Yeah, every single year. Every yeah. single year. So, I mean, and I, I have, th- and I thought our exchange rate was like killing it on the euro. So. Yeah, At least it was a few months ago. I hadn't checked lately, but uh, anyway, I was thinking yeah. if anything, you know, might be one of those things that would actually be cheaper if you went overseas and bought it. I don't know, but of course, I think it's everything's wired for. I wonder if it would work. Their tools would work if you change the plugs, because I assume that the motors in them will work on both two twenty and one ten. I don't know. Oh, just for production reasons, I'm sure it's one yeah. motor. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, and then uh, I realized actually as we were recording this. This is the first year in a long time that I'm not in a theater setting up Nutcracker props. They're doing that right now. So, oh. so it's my, my, my ballet prop days are, are severely limited and I'm can't say that I'm missing it. So I'm just saying you're, you're okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to drop by tomorrow night and make sure everything's okay. But I already got two emails and a phone call from uh, some <laughs> of the uh, prop people that are there. So. Yeah. Because well, knowing the, that you have the answers, or I, I mean, I, I built ninety nine percent of what they're yeah. what they're touching. Oh, so. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, they're still using your cannon, I assume, and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm going to see the show on Sunday. Um, I'm sure it's going to be great. Awesome, Sean. Yeah. How about you? What do you got going on? Well, first, I, I want to your your whole scrap thing made me remember that I I still on the back edge of my my uh, uh, chest back there um, is uh, off cuts from tenons that i cut four years ago and some curly maple i just you know it's like oh, i'll use those little like quarter inch by two inch squares you know I'm like no i won't i probably <laughs> won't i just just need to burn them uh, they won't they're really small they're not giant offsets but um no and so most of the, my last week was spent uh camping out of my own home and you, you wonder why i say that well my refrigerator took a shit Oh, and we realized Wednesday night trying to make dinner when you reach into the freezer. Why isn't this chicken frozen? Oh my God, that oh, no. ice tray is water. Mm. Yeah, ah, crap. So a couple days of getting new wired parts and trying to swap it. I am now like a, a NASCAR pit crew to a freezer. I can rip that thing apart and get back <laughs> into the coils in no time flat. Um, but to my best uh, effect, it was going to cost more than half the price of a new refrigerator to possibly just pay the labor yeah. on repairing said refrigerator. So uh, Wednesday to Monday, we didn't have a refrigerator functioning in my home. So the thankfully, it's winter-ish. Not really. It's late fall. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but in Northwest Ohio, it was not getting above 40 degrees during the day and it was on the shaded side of a porch. And so coolers kept ice and things cool, but I did have to dig underneath yogurt to find an egg to cook for breakfast in the morning by walking <laughs> outside. You know, it was literally like I'm camping. My food is in a cooler. I have to go out there into the elements to get that, to bring it back in and cook it. It sucked. So, uh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> the, the stress of of that it was really weird like i you know i'd come home from work friday i got you know two different wiring things a a, a, a defrosting controller and something of uh, the thermistor and uh you know i'd go to work i spend an hour or so fussing with that and then letting it run and realizing with a temperature gun like nope it didn't go down a degree not yeah. one it's not it's blowing out 67 degree air inside mm -hmm. the refrigerator something ain't working you know, yeah. and just like, damn it, this sucks. But like you do that and you just sit back and go, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I don't want to do anything more at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just stressful. So not a whole lot of much besides that. Uh, and, and right. Currently my wife is, is in Miami. So I got to drive her up to Detroit to fly away and I got to drive back up on Friday to pick her up. And so I'm a bachelor this week, <laughs> me and my youngest son just hanging out. It's amazing. There's so much less laundry and dinners are cheaper and <laughs> all these things <laughs> when it's just the two of us, you know, and, and you got a new refrigerator. So, and I got a new refrigerator. It was funny. The first day, uh, Monday, you know, that she was, she was gone. She flew out Sunday and, uh, he was off school. I was off work. Uh, and it was like, what do you want to do? It's like, Oh, you want to pass in the front yard? Okay. You got the little cross sticks out. We passed a little bit. I'm like, Hey, we got to go to the grocery store. We got a new fridge. Let's go fill it up, you know, get what we can. Let's, you know, oh, New Year's is coming. Let's get some frozen stuff that we can cook on that. And, you know, um, we got back, we grilled chicken, we had some salads and we I looked at the clock and it was like 615. I said, we've done everything we need to do. And <laughs> the sun just went down. Like, what, what are we doing? The football game's not even that exciting tonight. What is like, <laughs> like, it was like weirdly stale at that time, yep. but no, but it's, uh, I'm glad to have a working refrigerator again. I yes. know that's a very first world problem. Um, but it is a, uh, it's a terrible inconvenience to the modern oh, yeah. home to not have a refrigerator. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. I've had that happen to me a couple of times and it's, oh, it's always oh, a pain oh. in the butt. Luckily I've been able to fix mine, but it yeah, mine was I just something simple. It's a little fan that needed to be replaced. Yeah. I, yeah. I tried and it, you know, I did <clears> all these like on, like it's, it was bought in 2013. So it's not that old. It was probably produced within 10 years, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's a chip on the back of it, you know, or a board, a, a, you know, circuit board on the back of it. It's got a little test button and you can run it through cycles. I confirmed fans running. I confirmed compressor starting. I confirmed, you know, defrost cycle running, like all these things were going, but what it was was basically the compressor a known problem. The compressor failed. And so mm -hmm. it would run, but it wouldn't pump. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And uh, it was like, Anything else I could have fixed. I could have found it. Exactly. Done it. Anything else. I stop when I'm actually putting a torch to anneal, you know, tubing inside <laughs> a freezer bay. Not happening. I'm not going to do it. Yep. So that's, that was the, the line. But yeah. Also, uh, side note, uh, the styles of kitchens possibly, you know, have changed in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, when we furnished our appliances back in 2013, all white white stove, white yep. microwave, my dishwasher. Uh, if I wanted to replace my previous white refrigerator with a white refrigerator, I could wait till March. Wow. And in a time of not having one, right. that's just none. So now I have a stainless steel. steel which is, it's all the hotness, you know, everybody's making them. It's like, yeah. you want to, you want to stay married? It's like, honey, we don't, we don't have a fridge. Oh lunch. yeah. It's like, like, you're like the holidays are coming and just, no, this is a pain in the ass. Like you're onesie twosie. Like, just nicking, you know, through food, you know, that you can, uh, just a mess. So, uh, yeah. So, and then my smart ass older son seeing that and goes, when are the other appliances coming in? <laughs> it's like, not, <laughs> not now. <laughs> Although I would much rather do it when I want to than when I have to. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's, but when do you ever want to change your kitchen up like that? Really? Yeah. Rarely. Yeah. Rarely. Or when, it, when it, when it breaks, that's what, happens. yeah, when it breaks, when it breaks yep. and you scramble and, and it happens. So yeah. Kyle, what do you got going on? Um, I was took a little vacation when the wife and I went to the Texas Hill country, uh, Kerrville, Fredericksburg area. It's kind of about 50 miles North and 20, 50 miles West of 
50 miles north of San Antonio and 50 miles west of Austin, that, that kind of area of Texas. It's called the Hill Country, and it's really nice, and uh, we had a great time. Um, went to the Texas Furniture Maker Show. It's a uh, uh, it's a show furniture show they have every year, and it's in Kerrville, Texas. And a bunch of people have stuff there. You know, it was uh, it was great. It was great. I got to see a lot of things. I think Austin Waldo uh, won some awards for some nesting tables he had in there, um, and um, you know, just uh, some local chair makers um, had some stuff. Like Lori had a little small. Windsor there, like child size, maybe smaller than child size. <laughs> it was pretty tiny, <laughs> but uh, it was pretty cool and a lot of good stuff to see there. And uh, also um, got to meet up with Wilbur Pan. He was in San Antonio for a medical conference. So oh. we, had, we had dinner one night. So that was great. And uh, I, always... I wondered if he traveled there for the same wood thing you were looking at. Uh, no, you know, no. Just good planning by the no. both of you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think he comes to this show, uh, this conference every year, and it's always the, around the same time of year. Or so I was saying, hey, maybe next year, take a couple extra days and we can, you know, go to that show and also hit, you know, a lot of the barbecue places around the hill country because oh, he's a big into the barbecue. So he does like the barbecue. That's I true. did not know that. That's oh, yeah. True. Oh, yeah. I sat with Wilbur in, uh, I was the woodworking in America in, North Carolina. What city mm-hmm. was it? Um, can't remember. But yeah, and we had ta- we had great talks about all the uh, well, we had good barbecue, and it was talked about you know yeah. sauces and yeah. He likes yeah, a good they, barbecue. Yeah, when they had that conference in Kansas City, I know every night. I only went out a couple of nights with them, but I know he went out every night in Kansas City to a different <laughs> barbecue place. So anyway, it was as it, you do, as you do. So so it was great. <laughs> And uh, besides that, I've been working on my um, new stretcher drilling guide that I talked about on the last episode. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's, it's been to a couple of chair makers. They all gave it the thumbs up, except I got to I got to do something different with the center finder that I have. And I'm just going to I think I'm just going to use the old center finder that works well. I was trying to do something that was a little bit less. um uh, I could manufacture a little, little bit less cost, but I really didn't like it. And, uh, that's the feedback I got. So we'll, we'll just, uh, revert back to the old one. And, um, right now I'm just going through some pre-production woes. I'm just trying to figure out, is there an easier way to make this? You know, what's the best way to make this? So I just made two, uh, pre-production, um, prototypes today. And I was trying a little bit different construction technique and it's one of those things since this thing's hollow and the threaded rod goes all the way through the taper tenon i really can't figure out if i got everything right to like cut it off and <laughs> you're basically done with the thing at that point in time at least all the turnings and sanding and all that kind of stuff and i did it and it was a little bit off center crap so i got to go back to the way i was doing it before so not a big deal it's you know hey it, it was worth doing because i could use a little bit smaller pieces of wood to make it um because basically to when i'm drilling the holes i have that in a chuck um on the lathe so um i was trying to some different chuck jaws and they just weren't doing it for me so anyway Hmm. but that's the way it goes so um luckily i i um i just bought those jaws just to test out so they're being returned now so <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, it's some things on these, on these chucks, you know, I want this, this dovetail where, um, you make a little dovetail tenon and the chuck actually closes, closes in on that dovetail, but I want something that'll do that. That's relatively small. You know, I want something like, you know, one and a half inches in diameter. And when you get down that low, they just don't make them with those dovetails. They just make them with these serrated, uh, um, I guess metal parts are supposed to grab onto the wood. And I guess that works for what you're making it. But when you're trying to do something that's very precise, um, I don't, it's just hard to get everything exactly lined up correctly. Right. A lot of times those, those trucks, despite my best efforts, they always seem to have some little bit of run out, you know, regardless of how you set them up. And it's, it's not enough to maybe bother you if you turn in a little bowl, but if you're trying to do any kind of milling where precision is important, it's, it can be yeah. enough to really throw things out of whack too. Yeah, I know, I know with the other jaws I was I was using, it was perfect. Everything was dead on uh, nuts. But I had to, you know, have like a 
two by two inch block that I'm basically taking down to one and a, a tapered one and a quarter inch at the largest diameter. So I'm just wasting a bunch of wood mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to get that done. But looks like that's the way it's going to have to be. So um, I don't know. I need to see if I can find any other jaws, but I don't think there are any out there. I've looked at this a number of times, but I just wish they made some that were a little bit smaller that would work. But it is what it is. So those are my pre-production woes. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> But uh, we'll get it all figured out. And uh, my goal is to ho hopefully have these up for sale, say, around the first of the year. So that will be the new thing. So with that, awesome. Andy, what are you working on in your shop? Uh, well, uh, before I get to that, I'll just say that I think our furnace is having some problems tonight. So that was I was just texting my wife. And I was like, I think it, I think it oh, kicked no. off again. So it could be a long night. We'll see. Um, oh, oh. But uh, yeah, up in the shop, um, I'm working on uh, a set of four side chairs for some friends of ours. Um, a really uh, like pared down fan back that uh, I drew up for them. And they, they lived with a prototype for a few months and came back and they said, Oh, they just want the crest a little lower. And so I, I redrew it and I'm finally getting into the, the meat of it. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I got that going on and um, I recently started doing turnings for uh, Luke Barnett of the Sam Beaufort Woodworking Institute. Mm -hmm. um, so that's sort of a revolving like he's got a class like every month. So um, i been doing the turnings for those, those classes for him. Um, I, you know, and of course there's always eight other things going on in the shop. Uh, I just got some secondhand uh, Caleb James spoke shaves that I'm tuning up. And uh, oh, I mean, wow. the, list is, the list is a mile long. <laughs> yeah, that, those are nice. Those are nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm real excited. Yeah. It's a, I've never had a chance to use them. So. Are they all yeah. flat bottom or any rounds? Uh, one is One is round. I haven't like I haven't really had a chance to really study them. It was sort of a, yeah. Like I'm not sure. What his, I got, his round but... bottom shave is one of my favorite tools. Yeah, yeah. It's one a, of them, one it's of them's a... adjustable. It's got the little jack screws in there. Uh, that one I think is the flat bottom. It's it's a little yeah. wider, and there's a narrow one that I think is a round bottom. Yeah, yeah. And the the round bottom I believe is beveled down too. So yeah, uh, yes. iron. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which so, is yeah, I'm, unique. I'm I'm psyched. I I uh I had to count them the other day. I'm up to. 12 spoke shapes, which is <laughs> just, just enough. You know where, you know, the AA or spoke shapes is, right? I mean, you can yeah. admit you have a problem. It's okay. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, Andy, you've got a way to go. Uh, I went to the estate sale for, uh, uh, with Todd Nebel. We went to this, uh, for a local chair maker here, Jim Rendy. He lived about mm -hmm. four or five miles from me. And I had never seen that many hand tools in my life. And it was we, Todd and I left after eight hours at the auction. They were still going, but I just for, for the first, uh, you know, just for joy, I went and counted the number of hand planes that were over a hundred uh, block planes alone. Oh my God. <laughs> so, it's a rabbit wow. hole. <laughs> it's, it is a rabbit hole. I think yeah. I've actually, yeah. I've actually done pretty well for myself to like, you know, I've got the basic kit and, you know, aside from a couple extra spoke shaves here and there, but you know, as far as hand planes go, I've kept it pretty, pretty minimal, which is, which is nice. How yeah. many jack? How many jack planes do you have? That's an important question. <laughs> uh, uh, two, but one of them has a camber blade, so they're you know use them for different things. Yeah, they have two purposes. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, so so tell us, uh, Andy, how did you get into chair making in the first place? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a, a serendipitous story. Uh, I was I had just graduated from um, SUNY Purchase um, with a degree in sculpture, and I had to have like key card access 24 hours to the wood shop there which is like it was like world class right it was just a mm -hmm. wonderful wonderful work uh workshop workshop and uh so I, I finished school and i'm like okay so you know i've got all this debt and how am i gonna take what i've learned and apply it you know like how does anyone start out with you know space needs and all this tooling all this heavy old iron that was in there that i'm just kind of walking away from um i really didn't didn't know what was going to happen um and uh Maybe two weeks later or something, three weeks later, the uh, Furniture Society Conference was at the, at my school. Um, so I came back as like a volunteer assistant, you know, for uh, a ticket. Mm -hmm. um, and as part of a pre-conference workshop, uh, uh, Vivian Bear was there and Will Neffin was there and Curtis Buchanan was there. And they did a three-day demonstration of what they do. I think Will um, carved like a, a you know, claw, claw foot. Right. Um, like a Chippendale leg mm -hmm. or whatever it is that, that he does. It's, you know, brilliant stuff. Not my, not my thing particularly, but really fun to watch him work. Right. Um, and Curtis, you know, 
assemble a chair and, and bent a, a back of some kind. And, and because it was like my home wood shop, I was like the one that, you know, I was, I got the steam box going for him. It's this big, like industrial rig that was totally overkill. So, <laughs> um, and actually somewhere on my Instagram, uh, I just found a photograph that was in the conference report where I'm standing there watching Curtis work. So it's like the moment that it clicked, which is really kind of cool. Um, wow, it's, yeah, it's documented. Um, so, so right. <laughs> so the connection is that, you know, here's Curtis working with these, like, you know, flea market tools, which is kind of how he, he pitched them. Right. And he's able to make this really refined finished product, uh, with very little, I mean, really very little. Um, and, uh, I was like, all right, well, that's, that's certainly a way that I could, I could stay in this without a huge, you know, mm -hmm. load of, uh, of debt or overhead. And, uh, so he, uh, you know, he saw that I was interested and, and, uh, as the days the you know, the, the workshop wound down, he was like, oh, you know, how'd you like to come down to my house and stay with me for, for, uh, you know, I think I studied with him for a month that first time I was there, wow. um, <laughs> you know, sleeping in, in his friend's Volkswagen bus out behind his shop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I consider myself lucky. I got, I kind of got the, the, uh, the Buchanan experience that a lot of people don't get. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he had a student there for uh, a week while I was there. And so that was my time to be out of the shop, and, you know, built some garden beds for him, um, built a big, uh, pergola uh for behind his house and um made my first windsor chair with him while i was there drove it back up in my you know in the back seat of my car in pieces and uh my my wife she was my girlfriend then she was in school in uh in pennsylvania i stopped and i showed her this pile of parts and i was all excited <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right cool what a, that's all right i guess so so um uh yeah that's that's really how it started i think actually on that same trip i, I went and visited uh peak albert when he was living in new york state and i had I'd maybe met him once, maybe even at that same conference, but I, you know, I didn't know him real well. So stopped to visit him and, you know, that opened up a whole, you know, a whole other set of doors. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a trip for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's been, there's been, you know, weeks at a time, months at a time that I've gone, not so much lately, but there was a, a period of time where I would go and, and house sit for Pete or dog sit for Pete, or I'd go over there and, uh, build his calipers, um, mm -hmm. you know, just piecemeal work, uh, which was a great experience, just kind of hunkering down in his, in his shop. He's, you know, he's a lot of energy to be around. So it's always a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very innovative. That's for mm -hmm, sure. Yeah. yeah. He's always yeah. got something cooking. Yeah. Always. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Well, so, uh, so how long were you with uh, Curtis? Uh, that first trip, I, I think, I mean, it was, you know, it was 14 years ago now. I think it was a month I was there, but I've been, I've been back down to work with him for, you know, weeks at a time, two weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, at one point, I think it was while I was there at his house that first time, he's like, he said, Andy, how's your Spanish? And so uh, that sort of opened up the door to um, working with uh, Greenwood Global, which is mm -hmm. uh, he and Scott Landis and Brian Boggs had put that together. Um, and uh, subsequently, I went down into the Peruvian Amazon on uh, two separate occasions with them. Oh, Jeez, cool. So, geez, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's been a it's been a really wild trajectory. It really like, <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't have any idea what the net. You know, I wasn't about to put one foot in front of the other, and all of a sudden, all these fun opportunities. So, oh well, that yeah. that is cool. That is cool. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard so much about that program and uh, seeing them go down there and teach. You know how how the locals can make some stuff that they can sustain themselves and sell mm -hmm. and stuff of that nature. And it's always it's always interesting. And some of the uh, you know, some of the lays, quote unquote, that they come up with are pretty interesting mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 They're doing a lot more of that in uh, in Honduras, I think. Right. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's it was a, a certainly a once or twice in a lifetime opportunity. I certainly would never find my way out into the jungle, you know, for any other reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, right. So that, that was, that was an experience. You know, you're out there with no electricity and no running water. And, um, yeah. Yeah, just, just like being at Sean's house. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe, I, maybe I'm not that rustic. Uh, close, but not quite. Not even close. No, not really. Well, well, um, so tell us about some of the stuff that you're selling. Now, do you just work primarily on commissions? Yeah, primarily. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's tough to to pay any bills with spec work, but right. I always, I, I, I hold these dreams of being able to work on like more of my own stuff at some point. And that, that actually, 
being able to make these uh, side chairs for our friends was kind of a, a door into that. You know, they kind of they sent a picture of something that they liked, and and I massaged it into something that I could build with my technology, and and mm-hmm. uh, that went from there. So that's that's been a fun experience. Um, but uh, yeah, largely on commission, uh, which means um, you know I'll I'll do like maybe eight or ten farmers markets just up the road here over the right. course of the summer and a couple of the local craft fairs. And I used to do more of like the, the fine furnishing shows and stuff like that. But I, I had, you know, back when I had less money than I have now, um, where I would dump like basically all that I had into the fees for the show and then just not get any phone calls. And it was, that was tough, you know, so it's, yeah, I'm, I may get back into that at some point, but I got kind of soured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't blame you either, but, uh, but I think a, some other stuff you're doing is you are teaching classes, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I started bringing people in, uh, you know, at one at a time at first, uh, um, I'd like to get, you know, a couple people in at a time. Uh, I got mm-hmm. a schedule up. I think there's, you can link to it through Instagram for, uh, 2023, um, a couple different forms. I'll do a democratic chair and I'm, I'll make that three-legged perch. Um, mm-hmm. people seem to like, and, uh, of course, continuous arm, it's crowd favorite. Yep. And actually, I've got somebody that that wants to come make a birdcage with me, but we're gonna do it like over time. Okay. Um, yeah. Rather yeah, than like pretty... try to knock it out in a week or two. I mean, two weeks yeah. is probably doable, but um, to fit both of our schedules and and work through teaching that chair, uh, we're yeah. gonna space it out. Yeah, that but makes yeah, sense. Bird, birdcage yeah. is, is even more technical than the, the velvets. Yeah, yeah, I would like to make a birdcage one day, but yeah, I might have to take a class for that too. But yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty challenging. I heard um, the glue ups crazy for the birdcage. Yeah, it's you know you, you go in steps. There's a there's a method that makes it not too bad, but it's it's the type of thing where uh, if you don't really you know stick the landing at one step, it makes it so the next doesn't work. And so you really gotta you gotta be. It keeps me on my toes absolutely every time. I mean, even all the turnings on that chair keep me on my toes. As simple as they are, they're small mm-hmm. um, and really really fine details. Yeah, that that makes. Hmm. But it's a it's a comfortable chair. I mean, as Curtis puts it, there's you know, and I'm I'm working from Curtis's designs. I should back up and say that that it's uh, it's Curtis's birdcage that I'm I'm typically making. But as he puts it, there's you know, there's no extra wood on that chair. <laughs> he he pushed that thing, you know, yeah. right out to the to the limit, which it's really spectacular. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. So that that is that is fantastic. Um, so how long have you been teaching? Um, this past uh, you know teaching season, sort of sort of the spring through the summer, uh, was uh, my third go round. You know, and it's it's been tricky because I don't have I don't have the name recognition, and so getting people to even know that I'm here has been a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, I'm notoriously poor self promoter. Uh, <laughs> Join the crowd. Sort of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But ho- hopefully like, this, hopefully this yeah. podcast, will this help. podcast will open up all the doors. Yes. Yeah, yes. We'll, exactly. We'll see what happens. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, cause I, th- I think what you're doing is absolutely fantastic and coming from that lineage of, you know, Curtis Buchanan and Pete, I mean, I'm, you know, it's, you can't ask for anything better than that in an instructor. No, I, I yeah. you know, I consider myself really, really lucky. Um, yeah. Because of the relationships I've been able to to foster with both of them, it's it's sort of well beyond m- what most people, you know, get out of their one week with either of those guys. I yeah, think. yeah, and especially, um, you know, you have a smaller class size um, than mm-hmm. than than they do. Well, at least uh, I know that uh, than Pete does. So yeah, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, personalized attention i guess some yeah, yeah yeah and i i think there probably aren't that many people that are you know still willing to, t- to take on one student at a time because uh it's it's a lot of work and if you can spread it out over a couple people it's a, everybody wins but uh you know yeah there's that to be said it's that one-on-one attention is you, it's uh you can't beat it exactly exactly and get into some some of the other ancillary things that uh, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. of your classes you don't get to so yeah that's fantastic all right. Well, <clears throat> I might have to look into uh, your one of your birdcage courses. But anyway, unfortunately, I look yeah, too far I'd, away. I'd love, to, I'd love to get to where I can. <laughs> I'd love to get to where I can teach that chair consistently because that, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that would love to make them. But it's I don't know that there's anywhere you can go to to get that instruction just now. There might be. I, I'm pretty well under a rock for most. <laughs> most not you know, not that avenues. not that I've not that I've seen. Uh, 
Hmm. But yeah, that is that is interesting. Well, um, when you are teaching your classes, so um, whereabouts are you uh, located? You're up in? Yeah, I'm in the uh, stunningly beautiful northwest corner of Connecticut. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of people sort of think of Connecticut as just sort of like Bridgeport, Stamford, New Haven, like yeah. sort of just outside the city. But if you get up into the, nor the northwest corner, it's it's bucolic, uh, you know, river valleys and, and you know, really beautiful uh the autumn time here is just it's stunning you know we get all the the foliage mm -hmm. that people drive up here for and um crisp clean air and yeah i, I love it here I, I grew up maybe like 40 minutes down the road and uh, uh my wife and i bounced around a little bit and ended up back on a piece of property that is surrounded on all four sides by her family dairy farm oh so, cool cool yeah she grew up like a quarter mile away through the field from here which is where we got married so it's kind of a, it's a fun place to live oh that's fantastic yeah. cool. so you get fresh milk and cheese and yeah yeah and now honey so it's uh it's yeah, like exactly. land of milk and honey yeah and and i mean i know that uh your listeners can't see it necessarily but uh the guy that lived here in the in the uh 80s and 90s was a cabinet maker and so his this whole kitchen uh that i'm sitting in is all uh butternut Wow. Which is like, you know, there's floor floor to ceiling built in that I can show you guys. I mean, even the window cases yeah. behind me are all butternut, but like all those cabinets there, like that's all butternut. Wow. Whoa. Like that's all butternut. Wow. It's, yeah. It's kind of special. Wow. That that is that is cool. <clears throat> all right. Well, uh you you win uh for the best kitchen on the yeah. podcast, <laughs> I think ever. By far. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. Wow. Well, um yeah, we're pretty lucky. Yeah, exactly. Now you also do sell some other stuff. You sell some uh, woodenware, uh, carved spoons and spatulas and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times that's the thing that that ends up paying for the the space, the farmers market or the you know the craft fair. That that, that like cash and carry is a lot easier to yeah to uh, to sell than than trying to pin someone down for a deposit on a chair that's like in the thousands. You know, that's <laughs> sure. a that's a different clientele. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the, the spoon carving is fun. It's it's it can be really meditative and um it's, it's uh it it fits right in there like i like to i like to make things that have some utility uh, and i think that the chairs really fit that box and, and certainly the spoons do too mm -hmm. well they're beautiful spoons they're absolutely gorgeous Thank you. Thank uh, you. Uh, really outstanding uh so um are you are you just uh doing those based on commissions or do you have anything in stock on those or is it like uh i try to keep a stock uh i get pretty well whittled down um <laughs> the end of the summer yeah pardon the pun right yeah uh, so i you know i think i might have five or six left right now but they're the ones that maybe nobody wanted but i'm slowly building back up it's sort of a lot of times that's what i use winter for um, cool yeah cool well, and that so, well, even that was even that was a, a sort of a curtis adjacent uh <laughs> thing he he had had a spot in a class at uh, drew langsner's country workshops um with uh yoga sunquist and wasn't able to participate because he was having some problems with his elbows and they worked it out so i could have a slot um and that's you know that was the start of that whole you know tangent wow <laughs> well that's fantastic sounds like you well uh, it sounds like you take advantage of every opportunity that's offered so that's that's better than most people yeah, yeah I, well it was a lot easier when i was right out of college and didn't have any kids or anything I was like <laughs> the house and the kids you know obviously the yeah. furnace is on the fritz so it's like I'm a, a little more tied down um perhaps but uh yeah no I've, I've had a i've had a great a great run for sure well fantastic well um i was going to ask you about beekeeping but i don't know if we covered all that at the top <laughs> or not uh, sean any any particular questions uh no no just you know it's it, it's exciting and i know i yeah i wish you the best it's it's a really cool thing um yeah it's uh, like it's said, a pretty pretty steep learning curve <laughs> it, it is you learn a lot real quick and it's it, it's fun talking to people that don't know you know the neighbors are wondering what the hell we're doing in our white suits you, mm -hmm. know? <laughs> you know but um you know the the explanation of how how they work and and seeing it actually in in happening is really really cool to to watch like when you see how they you know i've i've seen drones be kicked out you know literally yeah, body yeah. slammed by a female bee like they just lifted and shoved them over their shoulder out of the out of the hive like it's so cool um it's pretty fascinating i mean every every everything they do i mean just uh kind of blows me away that it that it all works so well it's a super organism yeah, yeah it is it is and and again like like i said we we experienced probably most 
of the problems or well perceived problems that you can um but in it and it's exactly as it, you know you can find anything written online or in books you know the way that these you know bees have been studied they they do exactly what they've done for ever and ever as far as anybody can tell in and how they adapt and and form you know we've seen you know i i witnessed a swarm and you could actually see what they were doing and why you know they mm. they they floated they looked they found they collected and then they split and then they moved again like it was it was almost robotic in all their little wow. pieces it's really yeah. really crazy to see but yeah they're they're super cool enjoy it the yeah. ups and the downs because there's both yeah <laughs> so far you know I'm, I'm almost waiting for the other shoe to drop because it wasn't uh it didn't seem like i was plagued too badly this summer yeah yeah, yeah. it's i mean I, I think everybody you know your mileage may vary you know and right we as far as we can tell we did everything right that we could we tested for mites we treated for you know with oxalic acid and and other things like just trying to keep them healthy insulated them in the winter time they don't really need that but it's just like it was an extra barrier i followed a guy on youtube that does that he he ballooned from in four years i think he went from two hives to 14 and then mm -hmm. one winter 13 of those died you know right. like and so you saw all this happen and you go what the heck you know like it, it just it can happen that way yeah. the way that yeah. and you notice like if it, you know as the seasons change you can see the difference in the honey they produce and and mm -hmm. it's really kind of neat and you, and i learned a lot more about when goldenrod blooms as opposed to maple trees you know totally the opposite sides of the year and they produce different things but it is their life source you know like that's right what they're always chasing <clears throat> it's super actually, cool yeah uh, i i take the the uh lathe shavings that i produce which is it's a it's an amount <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh i put them in the in the garden pathways and then uh, in the fall we were out there working up beds for garlic and uh the bees were i, I couldn't tell if they were uh, looking for for water to drink or they're able to actually get some sugar out of the maple shavings that we're oh planting. i wonder yeah. i wonder probably a they little were. bit of both it's it's we, yeah we've seen them um we we put out a a bird bath with a like a little bubbler in it mm -hmm. and you could see bees just walk the edge and just you could actually see their tongues go out and click, 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 like yeah. like a small puppy you know just lapping up a little bit of water at a time yeah um yeah and i mean i think i mean our our gardens have improved um it, it's it's really you know you're helping the ecosystem just by having a have pet bees in the backyard you know yeah 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 we noticed uh andy we have a very large garden in our backyard this year we're going through like a complete renovation of it so 90 percent of it wasn't planted and because normally we plant a lot of flowers you know we use the bees as like a pest control for other you know, aphids and stuff like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And since we didn't have the flowers and the plantings, we didn't have the bees. And we noticed all the fruit trees on either side of me had terrible production this year. Yeah. You know, because we just didn't have the bees around. It's crazy. So it's, yeah, it's all interlinked. It's It was pretty wild. The circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. That is cool. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm just waiting to see you, Sean, you know, outside my neighborhood with the other uh, honey guy and, you know, sell, selling honey right there. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother level. But, you know, I have, <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys do with all that honey? I've honestly I've given it away, um, and and we use it. I mean, I, it's not to say like I literally we we spun. I actually have a medium box of honey. It's actually in the garage right now. I need to spin. Um, but our spring honey we took off and I weighed it. It was like thirty four pounds. That turns into like eight quart jars and a few pints of just pure strained honey. Um, my son took some to his college dorm room. You know, I'm a, the guy that walks down my street all the time, got to talking. He meant, I was like, here, you know, gave him a whole quart of it. You know, it's just, you know, somebody at work is like, oh, I'll put it in my tea. Sure, here you go, have a quart of it. You know, just, it's not enough to sell. I mean, if mm -hmm. I wanted to, I'd have a very small table you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and sell out very quickly. Um, I, it, I hoard it's it. Not that. <laughs> Yeah, you heard it. I got into it to subsidize my honey problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I bake with it. I put it in granola. I, I uh, yeah you know, it goes in my coffee, goes in my tea. I mean, I I love honey. Yeah, yeah. My son sure. would and I was, like to, I was able to I was able to take a little bit off the uh, the nucleus colony mm -hmm. that I got because they were you know rip roaring. Yeah, 
that's awesome. It's um, it, it's it's crazy to see how quickly they can produce. Yeah, you know, but my my son would do like these power bowls, and he's a budding teenager, right? But it's like I don't know how much oatmeal, peanut butter, or honey, but it's all mixed together and just like mm-hmm. spoons it into his mouth at a time. Yeah, you know, it's just a pack of calories. And but yeah, it's it's good. Like you said, anything you know, coffee, tea, you baking, absolutely, it's all it's all good. And wow. it's natural antioxidant. You want to you want to improve your local allergies. Eat local mm-hmm. honey because it's mixing mm-hmm. it all in there for you. Mm. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing um, when I was on my little vacation in the hill country, uh, hill country is just littered. I mean, just littered with wineries. Um, I swear, in some parts, it's like there's a winery every half mile. It seems like, but I saw one that was selling. Not only were they making wine, but they were also making mead. Yeah, we have one of those in Pennsylvania where I am yep. too. Yeah, yeah. That's just like, darn it! If we weren't on our way home, we would stop there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. But anyway, you you ever given any thought to uh, making me there, Sean? Mm-hmm. No? I, I I legitimately know nothing about it, so no. But okay. I, I if is it a thing where like you know it takes six gallons of water to press almonds in to make almond milk? Like, do I need? In order to make mead, do I need I don't gallons know. of honey instead of quartz? You know, that's, yeah, I don't yep. know. That, that's something I've never really gotten into. It'd be fun. It'd be, right? It could be interesting. Could be interesting. Well, anyway. Because I, I need another hobby. You, you need really? another hobby. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I have to cover my ears. Yeah. <laughs> I think I need another hobby. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, speaking of uh, your hobbies, uh, tell us a little bit about your shop. So, um yeah, well, um, I let me backpedal and and uh, part part of what makes my shop so um, awesome, <laughs> for lack of a better word, yeah. uh, has to do with what I came from. Um, and uh, my my first shop in in uh, our first apartment was it was in our first apartment. <laughs> wow! In a, a spare bedroom, mm-hmm. there was somebody li- living underneath me. Um, and he was he was cool, but you know I tried to be as quiet as I could. Uh, but in that uh, it was like an eight by twelve bedroom off the kitchen and in there i had my big workbench i had my lathe a little bandsaw a bench grinder um shaving horses in there in the winter uh it was tight but uh and of course it was probably know, carpeted I, too right no it was it was uh <laughs> okay like, okay <laughs> uh, uh, like uh vertical grain fur floors or whatever you know okay, old okay. old fur flooring Beautiful. oh that's cool then. yeah cool old building um but uh, yeah, the steamer was under the bench. I mean, I was just, I was rammed right in there. So, but I was able to make, you know, a few chairs out of there in the couple of years that we were there. Um, and then uh, we managed to buy our first house and uh, the basement was, was my shop space, but it was like not a great space. You know, there wasn't any uh, um, way to get out into the world other than going up through the house. And there was only like a little uh, you know, basements, you know, hopper windows and all the ones that were in there were under decks. So there wasn't any natural light and it was just not, a, it was not an inspiring place to work for sure. Um, but you know, I got some chairs out of there too. And, um, you do kind of what you got to do. Uh, but, uh, my shop now is in a detached barn here and it was, it was the shop of the cabinet maker back in the day. Uh, so it's, it's insulated. It's got skylights and ceiling fans and a little wood stove and, um, Two of the doors on the gable end open up like barn doors. Right. Uh, there's there's a rope on the ceiling inside above my bench, and if you pull it the right way, a little gantry slides out the gable end, so you can lift stuff up to the to the second floor there. Um, my the one the one issue, like it's kind of cool being up on the second floor because I can look down and see the river on one end, and I can look down and see my kids playing on the other side. Um, you know, see the house on the, on that side. Uh, but it is the second floor, so I'm I'm up and down and up and down and up and down. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, keeps table saw and the chop saw and the joiner and the planer and stuff down on the first floor. Um, they all used to be in the shop space, but after a while, it's like, I'm not, I don't use these for making chairs. These are just for, you know, mm. knocking around different house projects and stuff, making jigs, whatever. Uh, so th- the shop got better when I pushed those downstairs. So upstairs now it's just the the bench and the hand tools, um, lathe and a bandsaw and a kiln steamer. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's cozy. I mean, it's, you know, I think it would be a, a real push to put four students in there as it is right now without some some rethinking. But uh, for me, it's it's plenty of space. Uh, I, I quite enjoy it. It's it's great. Uh-huh. It's it's so much better than the, the other two shops right. that, I, that I had made for myself. <laughs> that it just doesn't matter. Like the little problems are they just kind of, you know, 
go by the wayside. Okay. Well, I'm I'm interested. So you told me how many spokeshaves you have. How many draw knives <laughs> do you have? Um, I don't know. I've got some that I had that have been on a, a list to clean up for years now. I probably have. I got some of those that. too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not like I I actually probably have fewer spoke or fewer draw knives than than most chair, chair makers, but uh, I tend to pick up just like one or two that are just my go to ones. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I when I first left Curtis's shop. Uh, back in this is 2008 you know he he um, put a bunch of uh, extra tools that he had like in a you know a, a beer flat basically <laughs> I loaded that in the back of my car and, and so like I've, I uh, I still use the, the draw knife he gave me um, and uh, Scorp um, he gave me my first lathe on a subsequent trip so he's he he has been super generous I mean more generous than he certainly needed to be uh, with mm-hmm. with uh, tools and knowledge and time and uh, you know, I, I consider him among my closest friends, which has been pretty lucky. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, um, we've had him on the podcast and I've talked to him a couple of times. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's one of the nicest people I've, I've, uh, had the pleasure of uh, speaking with, but yeah, I'd like to like to meet him in person one day. That would be nice. Yeah. 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 He's good. Good people. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, he was on the podcast. He goes, yeah, I just want to test everything out. Uh, can we, uh, uh, have a test phone call beforehand? I went, yeah, sure. Not a problem. It's like the day before or something or a couple of days before the podcast. And yeah, we were on the phone for about an hour and a half, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> which yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. Our phone calls go like, go a little bit like that where we're both yeah. trying to get a, a word in edgewise. And then at a certain point he's like, all right, well, I gotta go. yeah yeah so that that's that's great well um is there anything else that's uh what's next for you anything you want to promote that we hadn't touched on um you know there's uh just the the class schedule that's up uh i think you can get get to it through my bio on it on instagram um and uh yeah other than that just you know follow me on instagram My, my wife actually is she's really taken to making the reels for us i mean she had one of the reels that she put up on the account reached like six hundred and thirty thousand accounts or something like wow. that wow yeah which is like that's a real number that is um, that is yeah it, i mean it hasn't really hasn't translated into anything but it's an it's an audience you know which yeah. is really yeah that's it's wild we i mean we're sitting there looking at our phones like this is nuts you know yeah um, it all depends yeah i had I had one of mine that kind of did the same thing, not near to that, but it was just like, yeah. And it's still, and I posted it, I don't know, a couple of months ago, but still it's like every day there's like at least 50 likes on that same reel and stuff like yeah. that. It just, I'm yeah. just like, it's, I was like, why this one and not one of the other ones, you know? Right. And that, that's what she enjoys playing with is like, it's all those little ingredients, like the text mm-hmm. and the cuts and the time of day that you post it and whether the audio is trending up, like when you yeah, make yeah. it and post it. I mean, there's all these ingredients that go into the, yeah, I think a yeah. lot of it has to do with the music and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, at least the, the algorithm. Yeah, yeah. People don't swipe away from it. It'll get mm-hmm. recommended yeah. more often. Mm-hmm transitions yeah. all that crap yeah okay yeah, because brian was the real champion there for a while <laughs> yeah yeah it's a i my i think my highest was ever 140,000. So okay. never those, those are real numbers though that's a lot yeah. of people mm-hmm. yeah but it's occasionally like i make them for my daughter's field hockey account too and mm-hmm. like all of a sudden you just start get pounding likes coming through and just gets even like weeks later it'll get pulled into the algorithm for a few hours yeah. and then gets pushed back out and so i i'm not sure somebody can make a ton of money if they could figure that out yep yeah yeah and that people do absolutely uh, there are a lot of people that, that are doing exactly that you know, yeah making like, their living yeah. that way yeah the problem is they change you know that they'll instagram yeah. will change the algorithm and then what you think is accurate and I, I think a lot of people think what they think is accurate and it's just a hunch so i don't know well they they just changed the way my feed works a few days ago i don't know if i i seem to always get lumped into their test accounts or something because this happened to me before and then everyone screamed and yelled but um you know in the feed it used to go once you got through everyone it used to say hey you're done here click here for older posts or something like that Mm -hmm. you know doesn't do that anymore it just all of a sudden you get through your folks and then it lists about 10 people that they want you to follow and then it just stops Mm, yeah and i also don't see anybody's comments unless i hit the comment button on the post and it's just like are they, are they screwing around with it again? I don't know. 
<laughs> probably or either it took me you know forever to notice it was actually doing that but anyway uh, instagram rants okay <laughs> well let's move on to our fortnightly beer choices so uh, i'll start us off i am just drinking water tonight but i highly recommend any of the variety of christmas ales that are out there so yeah. uh go find yourself a local christmas ale because uh, you only got a couple more weeks well, and they've been out for months. So yeah, they've been yeah, out for months. One. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no excuse. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, Brian, what are you uh, drinking? So I'm drinking a, a a double APA called Double Nelson. It's from Prison Palace Brewing Company out of Doral, Florida. Hmm. It's a little strong at nine percent. A little bit. And uh, I was looking at the can earlier, and as uh, I have to read this little part to you, it says, "As the name suggests, this brew is a double IPA, strong and bitter enough to kick you and your friends in the face." So I thought, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a, uh, it's good. It's, I mean, it's not too hoppy for being a double IPA either. So I like mm, it. Interesting. This, I got, this, this is one of my beer exchange beers from uh, a gal in Florida. Yeah. Thanks. I was about to say that's one of your Florida beers. Yeah, exactly. Sean, what do you got? Pretty cool. So I'm, I'm midway through my, uh, advent beer calendar. So tonight is the, uh, the causal hella lager, uh, I don't know. They've been brewing since 1809. It's a lager from from Germany. Uh, pretty good. But really, uh, more to your your Kyle suggestion, I have the local Mommy Bay Brewing Company's Blitzen, which is their winter Christmas ale. So there's your Christmas ale for you. So a twofer tonight. Some German yeah. beer from a Costco advent calendar and a <laughs> and a local Christmas ale. So your Costco sells booze. Ours doesn't. That's it. Uh, not booze. Uh, just, you can get wine beer? and beer but not alcohol. That's an Ohio state thing. Um, we found <laughs> discussing with friends. Uh, I've had requests from my Cleveland folk that if I could just drive 40 minutes North to Ann Arbor and go to that Costco and get them that bottle of scotch because whatever, or we were in Indianapolis and Oh, Hey, their vodka is actually bottled by sky or gray goose. I can't remember one of the two. And it's just got Kirkland brand on it and you can get a, a, a gallon for twenty dollars mm. it is it is and but i'm kid you not it is, says right on there you'll you know you know produced and bottled in blah 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 facility it is made by their maker's mark version with kirkland name is made by maker's mark mm -hmm. it's just like just like sears would do with all their appliances back in the day you know they yeah. just slap yeah. their label on it but they do it at a discount you know and so it's mm -hmm. cheap liquor, but no, not in the state of Ohio, unfortunately. Well, Texas is weird like that too, because I think, um, I never have been in one, but I know the Costco's have their own liquor store, but it's a completely separate store outside. Yeah. So yeah, the they big have, one. They and, have to do that by law. That's yeah. how it is in Indiana and Michigan, because yeah. you can't have a, you can't require a, a membership. To exactly. Same do thing that. here. So, yeah. But in that way, you you reap the benefits of wholesale pricing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you don't have to be a member. Yep. I never have been in one at one. I don't know if there's one anywhere near me, but I'll have to look and check it out next yeah, time. Not I see close it. to me, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Andy, how about you? What are you sipping on tonight? Yeah. Well, uh, tonight it's uh, water and, and seltzer. Uh, actually, just uh, as luck would have it, perhaps uh, about a month before the pandemic really hit. Um, I, I came to the realization that I'm, I'm really not old enough to drink responsibly. <laughs> okay. So, um, I've actually just recently gotten into these, uh, athletic, there you go. Athletic yeah. brewing. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. It, uh, it's, it's wild. I mean, it, it tastes, I mean, like you, you, th you think you're drinking a beer, so it's, it's, uh, it's good stuff. <laughs> okay. Go. I just saw oh, an cool. article. There was a, I think it was in New York city. There was a bar that's not a bar. It's it's a bar that serves non-alcoholic beers and basically mock like mocktails. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it's like a Seinfeld joke. Yeah, I mean, they mimic they mimic <laughs> the taste of everything. Um and it's it's packed. You know, there's such, mm. such a you know, such a crowd that comes in there. It's crazy because so. I think most of don't bars kind of prey on the fact that they're gonna get people loose and spending more money on more drinks. And yeah. if it's not getting you drunk, are you really I don't know. Yeah, are you really gonna hang out there? Yeah, are you gonna <laughs> hang out long? I don't know. Well, New York City is a unique place. If you've never been there, there's, there's people just, yeah, just go to be seen. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, interesting, interesting. Well, with that, uh, Andy, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Yeah, so uh, on Instagram, it's uh, Andrew Jack Chairs. The website is uh, andrewjack.net. All righty. Brian, what about yourself? Uh, Instagram is the place to find me at Obst, O-B-S-T, Woodworks. Uh, Kyle? And, and you can always find me on the Instagram at barton.kyle or bbcustomtools, bbcustomtools.com, or on YouTube under bbcustomtools or Kyle Barton. Sean, what about yourself? Uh, I'm Sean W78 on most of those social medias. So do we have any reviews? We do. We have one review uh, regarding episode 428 with Michael Jury. Uh, it's a great episode if you haven't had a chance to listen to it. This is from Swell Furniture. I think his name is Andy, if I remember correctly. Uh, he makes some really cool uh, Z chairs, which yes. looks super. I never sat in one, but they look super comfortable. Uh, but he says, great show, fellas. Thanks for making time to share a great story. A little thumbs up sign there. Uh, if you'd like to leave us a review, feel free to do it on iTunes as long with a five-star uh, review. You can also leave comments on the uh, MWA podcast Instagram page as well as uh, Kyle's personal page as well. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.